Hey, this is Jordan Beal. Welcome to the Rock of Grace podcast from our Kinsman campus. We are passionate about leading people to follow Jesus together, and we're so glad that you're opening the Word of God with us today. I pray God speaks to your heart. Fruit of the Spirit, and uh, it's a powerful little passage that uh, describes the characteristics of God. And today we're talking about gentleness and faithfulness. And we're going to do a real quick recap. Let's put up the first slide about peace. How many were here last week and we talked about peace is a choice of what you focus on? Two of you. Awesome. We must have been really light. How many of you were here last week? Slip your hand up real quick. Go full charismatic on me. Come on, hands up in the air. Wave them like you just don't care. Okay. There you go. I saw that hand, Amy. I saw that hand. Peace is a choice. And then say this with me. Peace is a promise. So one more time. Peace is a choice and peace is a promise. It's a gift of God. So that's the whole sermon last week wrapped up right there in two little lines. But today we're talking about gentleness and faithfulness. So gentleness. Gentleness is an expression of compassion. It's, it's God's dealings with the frail and the weak. Gentleness is then expected of us as believers and how we treat one another, right? Especially unbelievers. Gentleness is a mark of Christian character. And how many would just give me a little nod if you've had to have the Spirit help you grow in gentleness, right? Yeah, I've had a lot of guys even tell me over the years that one of the things that God healed them of was a bad temper, right? A bad temper, that anger. And I even see some of you guys nodding right now. You know, if you used to have that and now God has given you a gentleness, you're thankful. And I'm sure your spouse is thankful, right? Gentleness. Colossians 3.12 says, Therefore, as God's chosen ones, holy, dearly dearly loved, put on compassion. Everybody say, put on. Put on compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Galatians 5.22, and here's our key verse for for the month. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And I love how it says put on. In other words, there's a partnership. While it's God's doing his work in you, it's like what Paul says, though, I allow myself to be daily crucified. I allow myself to, to give up my conveniences or my old way of life. I no longer then have the privilege to say, well, that's just the way I am. Oh, can I preach at you? I know. I didn't give you a funny introduction. I'm sorry. I don't got time for that today, okay? So just everybody's buckle up. Put your seatbelt on. Here we go. It's one of the things we say, right, is like, well, that's just the way I am. I've had people say that in my office. Well, that's the way my dad was. That's the way I am. I'm like, well, maybe that's not who God wants you to be, though. Maybe God could change you. Maybe God could turn you into someone who's really gentle. I know I've shared this story before, but it popped in my mind, so I'm going to assume it's the spirit and not ADD. One time I was driving. (laughs) One time I was driving through um, Cortland, and I got rear-ended, and I was like, oh, man, what? world and look at my rearview mirror is my wife and she's like oh she thought it was cute I'm like it's not cute whose insurance do we call you know it's the same one babe it's the same one she's like I was looking at the laundromat it's really exciting over there everything gets washed just pay attention I just laughed because I'm gentle Have you guys ever had times when you're not gentle and then you're like, oh, Lord, help me. 
That was not gentle, right? How many of you guys have a, a good spouse and your spouse has loved you enough to tell you you were not gentle? Right, right. And then you were Christian enough to not argue back. You said, yes, dear. Right, everybody? Amen? Right, Tim? That's what he said. Gentleness is a root of humility. It comes from humility. There's kind of, I want to give you a couple examples of how not to be gentle. Can I do that? Because I always like to, okay, compare and contrast. How can we, what do I mean by gentleman, gentleness? Because it's kind of more obvious, the more obvious ones, maybe a temper or what, whatever. But maybe a not so obvious ones is when Christians put people in boxes. That's a way that you are not gentle. So, for example, if someone worships different, different than you do, if they worship uh, on a Saturday instead of a Sunday, if they worship for three hours instead of an hour, if they are in a barn, if they have a big sound system in a band or they have a lady on a piano, if you put people in a box, well, that they're do, you know, we're doing it right and they're doing it wrong. That's not gentle. That's the opposite of gentleness, right? How about labeling someone in a box? This has been, this, is, this has happened a lot since 2020. Uh, Everybody, again, just pull your toes in. Pull your toes in. A lot of Christians uh, being accused of nationalism when you just love your country. But how many knows two things can be true at once? You can love your country and love God more. No, you can love your country but worship God. It's a difference, right? So when you put someone in a box and you say, well, that's, this is how you believe. And you're in this box, so you're like all these people. That's the opposite of gentleness. Amen? So in other words, gentleness is about being understanding. It's about being understanding. It's about listening. So Christians, we need to be gentle. Christ followers, we need to be gentle. We're to be gentle also in dealing with the lost. So not just with one another's believers, but be gentle in dealing with the lost. I want to read from Isaiah 40. We actually read from Isaiah 40 earlier during the worship. But I want to read from Isaiah 40, verse 1. Comfort Comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and announce to her that her time of hard service is over. Her iniquity has been pardoned and she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. Do you know God is so gentle? I always try to pull in a couple of verses from the Old Testament so you understand. It's not that God was a mean God in the Old Testament and then God became nice when Jesus came. It's the same God. Everybody say that with me. Same God. Guys, I was reading Jeremiah, and Danielle has been reading Jeremiah this month as well. Do you know he preached for 23 years, repentance? And so they're unwilling to repent. They kept worshiping other idols, and the problem is God knows what's best, so he knows that, that there's a problem there, that you're gonna, if you continue to worship those idols, then you're going to be outside the blessing of God, and he knows what's best for you, and he wants to bless you. And so 23 years Jeremiah preached. They didn't listen. Can you imagine that, Pastor Ed? Can you imagine that, Dad, preaching 23 years and nobody listening? And it's amazing because Jeremiah was doing the right thing, but it's interesting. God says, okay, I will allow my servant, Nebuchadnezzar. Do you know sometimes people do the Lord's bidding and they have no idea because God's sovereign, right? Right. So he allowed them to go into a time of captivity knowing that they would then be repentant and trust God. You know why? God cares about your children. 
God cares about your grandchildren. So he is slow to anger, abounding in love. How many of you, and I, I say that because I want you to understand, how many of you have just read the Old Testament and thought, man, don't you think God's kind of harsh? Has anybody ever thought that? Yeah. But the thing is, when you really read in context, there's usually years of God's messenger offering repentance. Amen? You guys are quiet this morning. Say amen. All right. God will always give multiple chances to repent of our sin and turn to him before we face some sort of punishment or the sowing of our actions. Why? He's gentle. The Bible says he's slow to anger. How many of you are so glad that he's slow to anger, that he was gentle with you? Gentleness is a fruit displayed also in caring for the weak. You know, worship services are important. Worship services are important, but some churches can fall into the trap, every church, including our church. Some churches can fall into the trap of being so consumed with the Sunday experience, as it's called, that they forget the orphan, the widow, and the poor. You know, I've been, I've been in some meetings where I'm like, well, you know, you're just asking, you get to know what, what's your church like, and so we talk about different things, and and if we can't as a church, if, if we can't as a church articulate how we care for the orphan, the widow, and the poor, then we're in trouble. Amen? Gentleness is displayed in how you care for the weak. You see, 99% of what ministry happens at Rock of Grace happens Monday through Saturday. It's, it's, the, it's the, the phone calls I, I hear and the text and the testimonies I hear all the time about people taking someone a meal. Someone who was sick, someone who lost a job, someone who provided in a really cool way, someone who invited over somebody new to the faith. I get to see these things all the time, and that's ministry. That's what's happening all the time. This is a part of ministry, but it's not the ministry. Isaiah 40 says it like this. Again, he protects his flock like a shepherd. He, he gathers the lambs in his arms. He carries them in the fold of his garment. Do you know Jesus is your good shepherd? How many of you were lost and wandering and doing your own thing like, let's just be honest, kind of like a dumb, you know, sheep? Have you ever, you know, this is like, have, has anybody ever seen, has anybody seen that viral video of the sheep that jumps in the hole and then the guy pulls it out and he jumps back in? Yeah. <laughs> and he was like, that's my, that's me. I'm that guy. And God loves you enough to take as a shepherd and pull you back again. The gentleness of Jesus Christ, as always, Jesus is our example. In Matthew, he says it like this, Take up my yoke, learn from me. I'm lowly and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Jesus is a gentle shepherd. Yes, he's a righteous king, but he's a gentle shepherd. When everybody was surrounding a woman who was caught in adultery, and the law said to kill her. So imagine this, the law said to kill her. And people were ready to kill her, stones in hand, circled around, and Jesus knelt down beside her. And he said, where are your accusers, right? You without sin cast the first stone. And I don't know if you remember, if you've read this, it says those who were oldest dropped their stones First, they've lived long enough to know God's been incredibly merciful to them. 
right? And he says, where's your accusers? Go and sin no more. He didn't point at her. He didn't jump in. He, he knelt down, looked face to face. And I want to ask you, when is the last time you've gotten face to face with someone who's really hurting? And let me ask you, how many of you would say, I want to know Jesus? Raise your hand. If you say, I really, really want to know Jesus, like face to face, like I really want to know Jesus. I'm hoping it's a little bit more. Anybody else? If you really want to know Jesus, don't think the way to do that is to come to a church with a sound system and as, you know, as long as they play Bethel music. No. Get face to face with someone who's broken. Jesus says, that's where I am. You want to know me? Take the person into your house that has nowhere to stay. Somebody that's, that's hungry, buy them a meal. That's where, that's where you'll find Jesus. Amen? Jesus is our example. Look at what he says in Matthew 12. Here is my servant. I have chosen my beloved in whom I delight. I put my spirit in him. He will proclaim justice to the nations. He will not argue or shout, and no one will hear his voice in the streets. He will not break a bruised reed, and he will not put a smoldering wick until he has led justice to victory. The nations will put their hope in his name. You know, there were so many times when Jesus is just gently healing somebody and people are repenting of their sin. We're to follow Jesus' example like Paul did. It's a choice to be gentle that becomes an attribute. Humility is a choice that becomes an attribute. Let me say it again. Humility is a choice. I choose to be humble that becomes an attribute. Right? Last thing with gentleness is we can reflect God's gentleness with correcting people who've gone astray. Look at Galatians 6. Brothers and sisters, if someone is overtaken by sin, you who are spiritual, restore them with a gentle spirit. We say gentle. The Bible says we're to be gentle when we disagree. Oh, man. How many of you guys would say that since 2019... Christians do not know how to disagree. Sorry, that was a little too honest for some of you. Everybody, it's appropriate. It's okay to just say yes. How many would say that, as a whole, Christians need to learn how to disagree? Tim Keller posted yesterday. I was like, Pastor Tim's reading my sermon notes. He's like, you can disagree and still be kind and still be friends. What? No, 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 no. Pastor Jordan, you don't understand. See, it's 2022. When you disagree with someone, you cancel them and you unfriend them and you hate them forever. Don't you know how life works now? No, that's actually not the Jesus method. Turns out you can kindly disagree with someone. Right? Gentleness. So correcting, restoring, and reasoning with unbelievers and nurturing new believers and following Jesus' example. I want to talk about faithfulness. Faithfulness is being reliably excellent. I said this a couple months ago, but I want to say it again. Faithfulness is being reliably excellent with what God has given you to do. Do you know that when you meet Jesus face to face, Jesus gives a parable many times 
And it all ends the same way. Well done, good and... He doesn't say, well done, good and famous servant. I'm so proud of you. I see you've made a name for yourself. Right? Because faithfulness looks different for everybody. Now, there's people who are faithful that are famous. That's okay. Remember, crowds don't equal compromise, and crowds also don't equal success. Right? There's a lot of great churches that would say pastors who are famous, if you will. Right? It doesn't mean they've compromised. Jesus had crowds. Did Jesus compromise? No. Right. So God doesn't look like the way the world looks. God doesn't look at you and your, your work for him, your life serving him, and base it on a success number. Right? You did this for me. Okay, I see. Oh, man, I see. Nicole Cox, I see. You have served in the nursery 10 million times. It's actually accurate. <laughs> Therefore, right? No, he cares about what we do. Absolutely, so don't miss what I'm saying, but it's not, it's not that he looks, he, everything, every person's faithfulness is specific. It's contextualized to you. Nicole's faithfulness, Nikki's faithfulness is different than mine. Because God hasn't asked me to do what God's asked Nikki to do. And God hasn't asked Nikki to do what he's asked me to do. He hasn't asked Tim to do what he's asked me to do. Isn't that interesting how God knows whether we're being faithful to him. It's being reliably excellent with what God's given you to do. And I'm going to preach to the choir here for a minute. Because you're all here right now. But I want to encourage you. You know what faithfulness is? Faithfulness is saying every Sunday is Sabbath and it's dedicated to God. Can, I, can we preach for a minute? It's dedicated to God. My entire life existence is centered around God. Therefore, I'm committed then to gather with all the believers on Sunday. I'm going to worship. I don't know about you, but I don't know why anybody would miss this. The presence of God so rich among believers, I don't, I don't know. So I want to encourage you, if you're listening online, and maybe church for most Americans, by the way, statistically true, once a month is normal. That's the normal. That's, that is normal. Right? But how many believe that God's raising up a people who go beyond what's the American norm and go back to the biblical norm? Don't forsake gathering, but come together. Come on and worship. Make Sabbath holy. Holy. Because you always schedule what you value. And you say, I value God. I love God. I'm going to schedule time for him every week. I know you're here. I'm preaching to the choir on that one. But... How about this, guys? When we remain faithful, is it ever hard for you or is it just me to remain faithful when things don't go as planned? Just me? Anybody else? Right? Sometimes things don't go as planned. A lot of, a lot of stories crossing my mind right now. There was times when on the road, my, I was, uh, for seven years here, I was uh, part-time as a worship pastor, and then we would travel and do music there was plenty of times when there was a plan and we would show up ready to be faithful and serve and do our ministry. And sometimes the venue would say, hey, you know what? This got moved around. We actually just need you to do two songs instead of eight tonight or ten. And like, oh, we just drove four hours. <laughs> right? But in that moment, I don't say no. I say, oh, anything you need, Pastor, I'm here to serve you. 
That's what faithfulness, that's what it looked like for me. But for you, it's different. For all of you, it's different. It's contextualized to you. Carrie might go into work. Rodney might go into work, and boss might say this or that. And in that moment, right, faithfulness looks like being reliably excellent with what you're given to do. And it can be difficult when it doesn't go according to plan. But I want to say this. I want you to put the, read, read this on the screen. Sometimes when things don't go as planned, it's actually God on the move. God enacting his plan in the background. The question is, will we be faithful to continue doing the right thing and doing the best we can despite what we don't understand? How many of you guys have ever looked back and said, oh, thank God he didn't answer my prayer? <laughs> thank God that he knew best in that situation. And it didn't go according to plan. And I was mad at God back then, but now I look back and I say, thank you, God. Faithfulness. I want to say this. You and I can always, I love this. This is so unique. We can always be faithful no matter what the circumstance is. Think about that. If I were to say you can always be financially successful, that wouldn't be true. It's not, it's literally, it's incongruent. Jesus literally said, you will always have the poor among you, <laughs> all right? So you, it's not, that, that can't be a true statement, but you know, it can be a true statement that can be said of you. You can always be faithful. You could be taken into Babylonian captivity and be faithful. You can lose your job and be faithful. How about this? This is a tough one. I've had many conversations sometimes with a spouse that's praying for their spouse. You can have a spouse that's straying from God and you can be faithful. Can I talk to you, right? You can, everybody say this with me. You can always be faithful. Always. You always have the opportunity to be faithful, whether you're in the mountaintop or the valley. I want to close with this thought. When I think about faithfulness, I think about David. You guys know David's one of my favorite guys to preach about. He's anointed king as a young boy. He's got a deep father wound. We know that from reading the Psalms. He says, my father's forsaken me. The king... I'm sorry, the prophet was brought in to anoint a new king. He wasn't even considered. So God took David's father wound and, and healed him and, and anointed him to be king. But he had to serve Saul for a number of years. Think about his faithfulness. Think about David had a choice to be faithful to God by being faithful to the person he was called to serve. Let me say it one more time. David had a continual opportunity to be faithful to God by being faithful to the person he was called to serve. And then God blessed him because of his faithfulness. Remember when his, remember when his crew were telling them, telling David to kill Saul? It's kind of a funny story. Saul had to go to the bathroom. Yes. Everybody just shake off your religion. Just shake it off. No, really. Yes, he had, he had to go number one or two. Probably number two because of what the story indicates. Yes, I'm going to go full youth pastor on you right now. 
My dad or Ed is going to tell me later he shouldn't have done that. So forgive me then whenever you guys tell me that. They're all in a cave. All the men are back here. They're hiding, and surely Saul's not going to pick their cave. And Saul's going up the mountain. He tells the troops, i got to go number two. And he just sovereignly picks their cave. Now, guys, when I, I actually visited Israel in 2017, and there was a large territories where there was multiple caves. I mean, they're everywhere. Do you guys think it's happenstance that Saul picked David's cave? No. So he's hiding in the cave, and he comes in. He's going to the bathroom. And David's men are like, David, this is God. Go kill him. Now, I know it's a little intense for us now in 2020, right? Because I don't imagine if you didn't get along with your boss that your Christian brother would see you. He'd sing your worship song. Hey, go stab him in the throat. It's what God would want for you. (laughs) But back then, life was a little more violent. But that's what they said. Go kill him. This is God is making a way for you. You know, sometimes a lie can be uh, wrapped in spiritual language. God is making a way for you to be king. So David goes up. The Holy Spirit's like, don't do it. And there was a tension in his heart. A tension. And whenever there's a tension, pay attention. When there's a tension in your heart, pay attention. Everybody say this with me. When there's tension, pay attention. In that moment, you have a choice to be faithful. And so David instead sneaks up, snips off a little piece of his garment, sneaks back. It wasn't like this stage. It didn't creak. (laughs) And Saul goes back out. Now, I don't know how Saul didn't know. I don't know if Saul was reading the newspaper or scrolling through Facebook. I don't know what's going on there. But the Bible's... (laughs) How many believe the Bible is true? Okay, good, because that's what we believe here, Rock of Grace. So that means it meant it. So he, Saul goes back, and David's like, hey, he's got his clothes. He's like, is this your coat? No, he says, but he says, father, he actually calls him father. Interesting. Talk about honor. So he doesn't just say king. He doesn't call him by his first name. But he says, father, he says, look, I could have killed you, but I'm not trying to kill you. You're trying to kill me, but I'm not trying to kill you. Faithfulness is always doing the right thing no matter what. Faithfulness is being reliably excellent no matter where you are in life. I don't know about you, but I want to be that. Would you stand up to your feet? Would you bow your heads with me? God, we open your word today and we see what it means to be faithful, what it means to be gentle, what it means to follow your example, Jesus. And we're struck and we're convicted when we hear about David and this guy Saul who's trying to kill him. And yet David has the kindness, the self-control, the faithfulness to you to not get revenge but to let you orchestrate things and so I want to just ask right now and we're not, I'm not going to have you come forward 
But if you would say this last half, I want to just kind of ask a few questions. This last half of the sermon about faithfulness, if that was, if God was speaking to you and challenging you, would you just slip up your hand? No one's looking around. Yeah. It's about a third of you. How about the, how about the first half? Maybe you've lost your cool lately. Maybe you're a little short fused. If the fuse is short lately and you know God, God needs to help you with gentleness. Can you raise your hand? Yeah. It's about half of us, right? How many knows that God can do that in a, a split second? He can heal you of a temper. Men, I feel, feel I'm prophesying right now. If you're in the sound of my voice and you have a temper, God can heal you of it. It's one of my dad's testimonies he shared here all the time. He's a pastor here 26 years, and he, he said they used to have a terrible temper, and God healed him of it. And God can heal you. If God can do it in Pastor Mark, God can do it in you. He can heal you right now. So again, if, that, if that's you, I want you to just open up your hands. Just open up your hands to heaven and, and say, God, give me that gentleness. Come on, let him do it. Tell him, say, God, root out any anger. And how about this? Root out uh, anxiety that would cause me to lose my temper, right? Because that's all, that's all one web there. That's a big spider web there. Because when we're worried and we're frazzled, we're, you're short-tempered. So God, help us to replace that worry and that anxiety with a simple trust. Simple trust. A simple trust that God is on the throne, that God is good. Come on, right? Now open up your hands if you say, I want to be faithful and I've not been faithful. I've, I've tried to kind of get revenge lately. I've tried to in, inflict my will, my way, you know, at work or at my job with my manager. And I've tried to, you know manipulate things. I've told some half-truths and you've not been faithful right now. Say, Jesus, I repent of my sin. Come on, be honest with them. Jesus, I repent of my sin and I need you to forgive me for not being faithful. Give me your spirit that would produce a fruit of the spirit of faithfulness. Give me your spirit that would produce the fruit of the spirit of faithfulness. If that's your prayer, just say that to him. You could just say it in the quiet of your spirit. Do you know it's not your job to control things at work? I just feel that. I don't know who that's for. And it may be for a couple people. If you're trying to maneuver things at work and get people to think or do certain, just just stop. Just say, I'm going to be faithful to do what God's asked me to do. I'm going to give it 110%. I'm going to show up early and leave late. And I'm going to be faithful with my role. And last but not least, I want to give you an opportunity to know Jesus, to be forgiven of your sin. The Bible says that God loves you so much that he gave his one and only son for you. 
that if you would believe in him, you'd have eternal life, that you'd be forgiven of every sin and every anxiety and every worry, every past failure, every mistake where you said, no, I blew it there. I know I blew it there. Every raging thought in your mind that causes you to be angry at other people, God can forgive you of that right now. If that's you and you, you say, I want, to for, I want to be forgiven of my sin and I need Jesus to, to make me a new person, would you raise your hand nice and high? Amen. Amen. It's two of you. That's awesome. Come on. Thank you, Lord. God is making people new right now. God's inviting people into his church family. I'm going to invite the prayer team to go to the side walls and and those of you that had raised your hands, I want to let you know, I want to, I want to invite you that in a moment when church dismisses, I want you to find someone with one of these lanyards. They've, they've been trained on how to pray with you. They're loved and trusted by our, our staff. And they want to talk you through what it means to trust God so that you can understand what these emotions, what these, these feelings are of giving your life to God, this, this conviction of our spirit. And I want to tell you, we all rejoice with you. Everybody else who's here who's already following Jesus, we are so thankful that God forgave us of our mess. Can I get amen? We are no different, no better than you. We are beggars who found some food under a bridge, and we're coming to tell you where we found it. God loves you, and God knows you.